I was on the train a few weeks ago. And not only was his brother not wearing a mask, he was eating an Indian takeaway. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, and I was thinking listen, of that meme. Listen, listen, listen. Not, not an Indian takeaway. Not an Indian takeaway. And I was thinking, an in Indian a takeaway. pandemic. <laughs> not like, an Indian takeaway. Not an Indian takeaway. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Like The Stands. You're here today with your host Eats McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell and Shopper. And it is season five, episode 12. It's a new beginning, new start for the world. Um, what's going on with the presidential elections? We didn't really speak about that last week because we recorded before that. Also, just want to give a shout out to Jamaica and pray for Jamaica and everything that's going on there at the moment with the floods and people losing their lives. Um, there are a few hashtags and information that you can find online. We'll try and retweet it on the Dats account yep. and on our personal accounts just to kind of spread the word as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys, how have you been? How have you been with all of the stuff that's going on in, say, the US or just overall? How have you been? Do you know what? Like, um, I've been good. Like, I had like a week off work, which was cool, but it wasn't really a week off because, you know, the writing stuff. But in terms of like the break in the day, like it allowed me to restructure my day a lot better, if that makes sense, and just have time to like recenter. So that was good. Um, Obviously, the elections happened. You know how my political thoughts are. So it's not really a win, but it's a slightly mm. better circumstance well we'll see we'll see what it is but it's a slightly better circumstance yeah. at least Chio isn't in power like that's cool <laughs> you know I think he's apparently bankrupt at this point and fearing for his safety which is cool you know um it's great is cool you know it's great <laughs> anyway but um yeah <laughs> Uh, I think, yeah, this week's been cool. Like, um, as we'll get into probably with the listens a little bit, like, it's just, do you know what? Like, I really have come to the realisation that this year, like, and again, you know me and validation and mainstream outlets is validation, but I just see the UK hip hop space winning, like certain facets of it, of course. Like we had that discussion before this show um, recorded, but certain facets of the UK scene are just winning. Like I saw Dutch get his top 10, like, which is dope. Like, I think he's put in a lot of hard work. Um, so it's just, I think this week I've just felt really happy for like parts of the UK mm. scene as well, like and what's going on over here. And then conversations on Clout House and then just seeing people like, Say that name one more Clout time. Clout House, which is the new name. Do you know what? <laughs> Let me give credit to the black woman. Let me give credit to the black woman that I first heard use it. Where is she? Where is she? She's a Latasha from the Grapevine. Yeah, great voice. Great voice. Yeah, <laughs> that so she, like her. Yes, of course. And she she said in her animated voice, like Clout House and all of this. And she wrote it on Twitter <laughs> and shit. So I've just been using Clout House since like Thursday, since I saw that comment because... Clout House is Clout House, man. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. You know, we've told Eden, we've caught him up to speed, but it's Clout House. But yeah, anyway, on Clout House, there have been good people there that have just been like, 
you know, talking about the UK, they were like, pa, pa, salut, it's just great. Like the project, all of this, just shouting him out. And then talking about Avorian, Shabo, all of that and chats I've been in, in this week. And then there's just been a love of the UK. Like, and Tiana Major Nine's got a lot of love on that app as well. Um, so I'm really happy. Like, just, I'm proud. I'm really proud of like the UK artists right now. And like, and the, of yesteryear as well. Like, Ajabedia was great as well. Like, even Alicia Dix and like, um, all of this, like, there's been so many great moments in UK history, um, both past and present. Um, so I just, I just felt really great. And I've just been listening to a lot of UK projects this week. So that's how I feel. Very long winded. But how are you guys? How's your week's been? Um, yeah, how do you feel overall with the state of the world too? Um, and yes, pray for Jamaica, of course. Like that was really sad to see. Luckily, my family are okay and don't live in that part where the parts that have been affected by the floods. But man, seeing your country, your home country just get ripped to shred is something real sad. So when these organizations do come to the forefront, I'll be retweeting. That's will be retweeting as Eden said. Um, and we'll be like donating to these causes as well. So, but yes, moving to you guys, how do you feel this week? The good, the bad, whatever. Uh, Shopee? Mm. Um, I'm okay. I'm just uh, really tired, really drained, and I'm I cannot wait to shut down for Christmas. Yeah, same, same. Um, the stuff that's going on in Jamaica, like Nick, is a lot to deal with. Mm. I have family out there, and it is a lot. Um, do make sure you check up on like your friends who have family in Jamaica as well. Like just, it is a lot just seeing what's going on back there. Your family okay. We're a country. Yeah. Well, I've got my nan out there and she's, yeah, it's a lot, but um, she's good. Um, What was I saying? So yeah, with Jamaica, the sad thing is because a lot of people can't travel at the moment and we're a very tourist based country. Mm. um, We're going for a lot right now. um, And I am praying for, us i am trying to figure out the best way to support us as well um but it's an ongoing story and i've been hearing that apparently um it's getting better but we'll see what happens and hopefully um jamaicans on the island will keep us updated and we'll be able to see how to boost their voices and um, make sure that we are um helping them out in ways that we can Mm. um onto the us i wanted to talk about that quickly because Mm. i'm worried (laughs) Like, what? like I, <laughs> this is weird. I'm worried because I was having this conversation and shout out to um Nia Lucy, um, who is someone that I follow on Twitter. And we we're having this conversation about um America and their politics and how everything works. <clears throat> and I know this isn't a politics podcast, so I'll keep this really quickly, but um Go for it. I'm worried because with Trump, like Americans' concerns were with how Trump was treating America. Like there were a lot of inwards conversations focusing on the destruction of their democracy and everything. But then like Mm -hmm. now Biden's coming in, that means that the conversation will be things are getting better in America, but then I don't want the conversations about what's going on in the rest of the world to dissolve. And that's what I'm worried about. Like I'm worried about the whole utopia. Like whenever a Democrat comes in, people are just like, um, oh, the world's going to get better. They'll be like, they'll say a statement like um, climate change is real. And then vote against mm. <laughs> policies <laughs> to do with climate change. But the fact they've said it yeah. is what people love. And that's what I'm worried about. But let's see what happens. The, th- um, the thing is, like, with American politics, um, they've made it a part of their whole platform speech in terms of climate change. Like, 100% Biden has, like, staunchly, like, kind of said that he's 
pro like the environmental like emissions all of this kind of stuff like that was something that he, he took he he ninched from uh the left mm. the lefter to his party and kind of said right i need to get that part of the market so i'm going to say environment stuff like that so i think it's about really like americans holding their their leaders to account yeah. On a personal level, I was speaking to my gran actually, who's in Jamaica and obviously like listens to more US media because in Jamaica, there's more US access to US media. Um, And we were talking about like how we don't think, and I think this is true too, because I've listened to political podcasts throughout this election. Um, Biden might not make the full four years mentally. And that means that we have Kamala. And Kamala is... Wait, I was saying because he's old. Yeah, pretty much. His mentality, his mentality. Like, he's got, like, there are pretty rampant rumours that he's got um, a form of dementia. And that's within his party. And that that started from the whole Bernie era and stuff like that. Even if you look at Bernie, he's older. And the way that, or around the same age, but the way that Bernie's, like, you can tell he's mentally sound. Like, I would actually bet money on Bernie being able to last the four years yeah. more than a Biden. Um, even if it would be a struggle in the last year, but like he would still be able to do it yeah. with the help of his executive. But with Biden, I, I I really don't see it. Like he can't even complete full sentences without prompters and stuff like that. Like it's really getting scary and he yeah. doesn't remember what he said like five minutes ago. But my main point is with Kamala, like if Kamala got ascended to the presidency, which is really actually a possibility now, like we could get um, representational politics like a black woman president like we could get like someone like that but um, in terms of her politics oh the Middle East is getting bombed yeah. like getting bomb 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 so like even with this American centric kind of language and you talking about like utopia and the world like when America's better the world like they just ignore what's going on in the Middle East and parts of Africa as well like in terms of trade deals and the Caribbean even the Caribbean which is right on its doorstep um, and all of that kind of stuff so I just think that um Cuba even Cuba like what's going on I think it's so pertinent that we watch well Americans watch their president and vice president like hawks because these four years obviously the first year being untying Donald Trump's policy and getting America back to where it was or to partially was before um the last term the, another part of that is watching what they do on an international level um obviously yeah. we're dealing with coronavirus but so that takes precedent over a lot of things but you know drones don't involve people for the most part yeah. so yeah. let's just see yeah. what happens in the middle east and iran and like you know lebanon and all these kind of regions africa as well africa of but course like, of trade i want i just wanted to talk about it quickly because it was on my mind but also just when it's come to the podcast with what was on my mind as well um yeah. let's not say let's not forget though little pimp little no little pimp little pimp little wayne kanye west um ice cube 50 cent we're not ever gonna forget that you were trying to put a dictator back into the white house again because van of jones who and uh van jones mr flip flopper wait what what happened there what, what what happened there? What? I know. If, see, actually, you know what? This isn't my my lane. I'll keep quiet. Eden, continue. I'll Google. I'll do my Googles. It's fine. I'm here to talk um, about music. <laughs> um, what was I saying? You, we won't forget. We um, won't forget what they did with Trump. So yeah, we won't forget about what you guys did and and how you caped for this guy so so badly because you wanted the same thing again. Um, and people from the music industry, 
who wanted to talk about politics and lost. This is what happens sometimes when you talk about things that you don't have the range for. So um, we'll see what happens. I think Little Pimp is done. I think he's done out here. He's released a song H, with H. Just I mean, out. he was never not done to me. I don't know who that is. So, so, <laughs> so, so yeah. But just to kind of put our thoughts out there, that's kind of what was on my mind this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking forward to discussing the music and um, interested in some of the topics. So, Shope, do your thing, man. Yeah. So... We are now going to get into the listens, and I kind of don't know how I'm going to do this because I kind of listened to quite a few things, but didn't really listen to anything too tough. Mm. So I guess I will say to start things off, you know, inspired by um, Nicholas's uh, cover story debut, you know, with Paper Magazine recently. Um, I've been listening to... I'm so happy you listened. Well, no, but I told you, I listened to it um, months ago. I listened to it when it came out. But no, as in like, but like you picked out two specific songs. I'm just like, I'm glad you're like fucking with Flo Millie. Like, I like that. Yeah. So like when it's, um, when, so I'm talking about her mixtape, her, why is you here? You know, shout out to Justin Hernandez. Um, <laughs> so when it, f- it first came out, I loved it anyway. Like I said, like, oh, every song here slaps. She's a great, I love her mm. energy. I love her delivery. I just think she has such this like big ball of fire. I just think she's really great. But, you know, naturally there's a thousand things that come out every week, every week, every week. So like, you know, I played it like a few times and then, you know, had my favorites and kind of let it go because there was something else to listen to. But after um, Nick's wonderful piece, I really went back. And this week and last week, I was really like, you know, really getting into it and discovering new favorites. And it just kind of exemplifies what I said before that, uh, once again, the length for women in rap is so exciting and so diverse right now. But I just think she just, I don't know what it is about her. She just really gives me a bit of like a, a bit of Azealia, a bit of Rico, but she, I get a bit of Trina too. She's like a nice composite of a, a bit of Foxy too. And also... Yes, Foxy. Yes. 100%. She's a massive composite of so many... A bit of Eve as well, actually. It's like she, But then I just love how modern and how 2020 the production is. Like, I think some of the production is very, very interesting, especially on like on B-Flow Mix, Semi Addy, 19, which is my favourite. Like, it's very, very Southern inspired, clearly. Like, I kind of get, like, that, uh, you know, like, um, what's, who am I thinking of? Pimp C. I get those kind of vibes, mm. too. But then, yeah, so I just think she's really, really great. I'm excited to see what she's doing in future, where she goes from here. I can see that there's definitely a, a concerned push with her from her label, her PR. But, yeah, so I'm listening to that. And then I was also listening. So I guess going in, actually, no, I'll say this secondly. So secondly, respecting legends. <laughs> so I recently watched uh, the three-part series on BBC called Soul America for Black History Month. Um, really interesting series, by the way. You guys should watch it for those in the UK that can. And um, it was really charted, you know, as much as they could in three parts, the history of soul music and Black America. And in the last part, the third part, they spoke about Luther Vandross and Anita Baker and the 80s soul stars. And Luther, I don't think I've mentioned it on the show, but he's like literally synonymous with my childhood. Like I, a day, I cannot imagine a day as a kid where Luther was not played in my house. Like he probably is the number one artist in my house. Like I heard him in, growing up in the car, in the house, the Luther Vandross is literally, he is <laughs> synonymous with the Sheraton household. So he's someone I've loved for years. And obviously now I'm older, I can have my own appreciation of him. Not as just someone my parents loved, but I have my own affinity, my own favorite songs by him. So I revisited his first album and 
never too much. But I want to shout out the song um, Don't You Know That, which was the second single off the album. It didn't do as well as the first single, but it's a really great song. And I just really liked that how this was the early 80s, but he really, really, um, in, in a very unique way, was able to kind of capture the essence of soul music from before, before him. But it was still very much contemporary and still very 80s, but without sounding so... You know, because the 80s, like, you know, he had the Lionel Richies and the pop, the really pop kind of sound. But like, he really, it was still soul, but it was the 80s. So, and I love that the musicianship and the instrumentation in his songs and the way he arranges songs. song. And it's just like, Luther is just the GOAT. He's just one of the everlasting GOATs, one of the best interpreters of lyric and, and melody. So let's start that, that song, Don't You Know That? Please play that song. And then I guess after that, I'm just going to say, Projects that I heard a bit of, but I'm excited to get into more in depth. So, um, spawning off that documentary, they spoke a lot about Curtis Mayfield. And he's someone that I'm aware of, but I don't really know too tough compared to some others from that decade. But I've, I'm aware that he's respected and revered, and I know he's someone that I would like. So I recently played, I've been playing his uh, Superfly, which was the soundtrack to Superfly, the Black Exploitation movie from the 70s. And... I really enjoyed it, but what also was amazing to me was that on this one album, I heard so many songs that reference this album. So many songs have sampled from this album, have interpolated from this album, have covered songs from this album. I'm like, wow, this really is like a bedrock of so much of what came to be in like the 90s onwards. I was hearing songs that Erica Badu sampled from, Mary J. Blige, uh, Q-tip, like so many, Alicia Keys, I was like, all on this one album, like, so I'm like, Curtis Mayfield is someone that clearly I need to do more research on, because this is just one album, and I was hearing so many songs that other artists have referenced on one album, I heard like six artists, I'm like, oh wow, that person used that for this, so I'm like, wow, all on the same project, so I'm gonna look again to that, and then also, Salam Remy, he dropped his debut album. So if you don't know who Salam Remy is, he's one of the most prolific hip-hop producers, best known for his work with Nas, Amy Winehouse, uh, Mary J. Blige. He's produced for loads and loads and loads of people. Like, you should know him if you don't Google him, Respects and Legends. So he dropped his debut album called Black on Purpose. And I only listened to it the one time, but it's flipping phenomenal on first listen. And also the guest features, like, it is literally... It is literally the who's who of this talent. There's Blackthor, Tedra Moses, Common, Betty Wright, James Poyser, Stephen Marley, Chronix, Jennifer oh, wow. Hudson. The guests on here are Matt, Case, mm. Anthony Hamilton, and it is incredible. It is incredible. Wow. Incredible production, great lyrics, great themes, and also it's a message it's very socially conscious and but it's like it's not boring it's not too preachy it's still these are still just great songs so that is something i'm definitely looking forward to getting to this week and then lastly i think everyone in the uk has been talking about this this guy parcelu i've been following him for a while now songs here and there mm. he, his features but he dropped a mixtape yesterday called send them to coventry and he once again on first listen only but I was floored. Like, I think the work, the perfect <laughs> way to describe him, he's literally just fresh. I think that's the only word I, I have for him. Like, it's just so, it's clearly steeped in the sounds that have been bubbling in the UK for a while, but there's something very different 
about him. There's something very different and very unique. Like he really is like really bringing in his Gambian upbringing, but also there's a bit of Caribbean influences in certain songs, but it's also kind of like some hardcore, like grime-esque vibes too, but he really manages to like coalesce them in a very interesting way that it doesn't really commit to either, if that makes sense. Like it's a bit of everything, but it's like uniquely just him. And I'm really, really excited for him. And also shout out to his PR team. You, uh, I just, as a fellow PR, like, you have destroyed it. Like, I've, I've seen you everywhere. <laughs> I've seen him clash, mix mag, DJ mag, evening standard magazine. Like, his PR team have, an August agency, shout out to you guys. You have killed it. But, um, so those are my listeners. So some of that I actually have listened to, but also, I guess, what I'm excited to check out in the coming week. Nick Eden. Do you want to go next, Leeds? Yeah. All right, I'll go next. That was quite yeah, long, sorry. Um, no, it wasn't. You, it was actually no, it was quite summative, no. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. anyway, sorry. They were good songs um, and albums. Uh, cool. So I jumped into a project by an artist called Full, Great, Full Crate, sorry, um, who is an Armenian um, Dutch producer. Um, and he's been making music for a while, been in the underground bubbling um, for a few years now. And he released an album called In All Honesty. Um, which is a, an album he produces. He's written a few songs in it as well, and it's mainly feature artists on there. Um, and like we just spoke about the elections and everything, I needed something that had a bit of kind of like a higher frequency. Like I needed something that was positive, that felt good. Um, and on this this project, he enlists the help of um, the likes of Cal Dion, whom people might be familiar with. Um, another person I was following on YouTube back in 2000 and whatever, and it's interesting to see him blow up like this. Um, which is a, it's a very good song called Brandy. And the overall theme for this album is kind of like songs for almost like accountability in a way. Um, and that's the reason for the title, in all honesty. Like there's an interlude where I think it's um, full crate. There is someone talking, but I'm not sure. Um, and he does the whole pitched voice thing as two different conversations. Um, and in it, he's kind of like talking to himself and saying like, it's hard to accept your insecurities and all these types of things and just talking about life and all these things. But it's just a very, very kind of positive um, album. It made me feel very comfortable and very happy. Um, there's a song on there called Magnetic, which features an artist called Susan Carroll um, and Sergio. I'm not familiar with Susan Carroll's work, but from listening to this song, I'll definitely be checking her out. Um, because of the way she sings, she reminds me a bit of Jessie J, um, just her tone, not necessarily the riffs and runs. Um, but the song in itself is a very beautiful song. And again, like last week, it's a song featuring a vocalizer or um, what are they called again? Um, what are they called again, Chopé? The mouth thing that um, people use for autotune. I can't remember oh, what the name. Oh, um, Vocoders. Yeah, Vocoders. So um, using that. And lately I've been really enjoying that sound. I've been enjoying like vocalizers, vocoders, all of those types of things. It's just like added kind of spice to a song that I've just really been enjoying. Um, so I would recommend this album if you're looking for something to give you positive feelings, to make you happy, or um, just to feel a bit more comforted in your journey, whatever, wherever that is and wherever you are at the moment. Um, so In All Honesty by Full Crate. The next song is a song by, um, let me just pull this up on my phone because it's not showing on my laptop, Uh, by Limav and and shout out to um, Aizatu um, for recommending this song. So it's a song called Heat and it features someone, why can't I speak? It features Tay Iwa, sorry. Um, Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. He is amazing. And I said to her when she sent this to me, the thing that makes this song slap is 
it's not necessarily um the beat or anything but it's the harmonies it's the layering it's the ad-libs um it's a very kind of chilled song but it's a song you can groove to as well at the same time so if you're looking for something that's a bit chill and you like vocals you like Tay Iwa um you like good production and you like um Alte because it's got it peaks towards Alte music as well I would say check out this project and let us know what you think so the project is called Gold it's by Limav I haven't listened to the full project but the song Heat is the one I'm talking about um but listen to the whole project let me know what you think because I would have listened to it by then um, and let us know on D-A-T-S-P-O-D. Lastly, someone who's getting in trouble at the moment on the internet for saying something stupid. He's deleted the tweet now. Lil Connor, yesterday, he released a new song featuring Madlib. And there's rumors to suggest that there's a new album being released called Mad Loyal. Um, and if you know about uh, Madlib and his history, he's always had kind of a collaboration with artists um, with Mad at the beginning of the album um, as well. Like, um, what's his name again? The guy who wears the mask. Oh, my brain is doing a lot today. MF Doom. Uh, yeah, like Mad Doom and stuff like that. So um, this song is interesting. I like the production. I like the lyrics. I'm interested in what Loyal is talking about when he's, he's kind of doing a a look back at how he grew up and where he is now and his whole journey and everything and rapping about um, how everything's just changed. That's why the song is called Yesterday. Unfortunately, he got into a bit of controversy today on Twitter um, where he posted that he got stopped by the police and um, they just wanted to talk to him about his music and how things have changed. And it just it was a bit tone deaf. It was he didn't really read the room. And um, yeah, I'm intrigued because I thought this new album would be an opportunity for him to talk about quite a few more personal experiences as a mixed race man kind of edging. We're about towards... to say black. I, I, I caught that. Huh? You were about to say black. Yeah, I was. I was, I was. But as a mixed race man, I don't know how he identifies and I don't know. Yeah. So as a mixed race man. um, So yeah, I'm just intrigued to see his journey and what this album is about. I'm interested in the production, but also the lyrical content. Loyal does fall into the trap of the same flow um, on some of his albums. And um, like we were discussing before about who his audience are, who actually listens to his music, what we expect from a Loyal um, Kana album. Um, And I think, it's interesting. I don't know, but I do know at the same time. Um, Not Waving But Drowning was very different to his first project in terms of production, in terms of features and topic. Um, But I don't know what to expect from Mad Loyal, but I'm interested to see what happens. Americans, check him out if you want to. Um, He is a good rapper um, and he's kind of blowing up, but still kind of underground. It's a really weird situation. We were talking about that as well. Um, But yeah, those three lessons. So In All Honesty by Full Crate. You've also got Yesterday Mad um, by Loyal Kana, sorry. And then you've also got Limav Feet Te Iwa. Um, what was the song called again? Uh, Heat. Cool. That's me, Nick. Cool, cool, cool. So um, I will give um, two recommendations today or two listens, things that I've been consuming. Um, the first one... Uh, is i just want to kind of make sure that this is correct okay cool so she is a french superstar right now she is killing it in france um and has been for several years um she's a black dark-skinned woman which i love um she is um naya nakamura she is just the epitome of phenomenal strong just a force of nature in my opinion and i i love i I just love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. Like 
once I've, I mean, I've pressed play on her before, but I really took a deep dive this week and just like really immersed myself in all of her discography. And she is just, ah, uh, man, like she's beautiful. She's stunning. Her voice is great. Her, the, the way she melds different worlds of genres together is so cool. Like she does Afro pop, then pop. Sometimes it's an R&B um, kind of vein in terms of her stylistic approach, in terms of her voice and in terms of the production she uses. But she, she actually has released three albums in the space of like three to four years, which is incredible. Um, she's on an inc incredible run. She is a diamond selling artist in France, um, as well as multi-platinum. She's just huge. She's on fire. Like she is on fire. And even beyond France in Europe, she's doing incredible things as well. Like her last album before this one, Nakamura, which is obviously her last name. Um, it debuted in Belgium, um, a region of Belgium at number eight. Um, I'm within top 30 in the other region of Belgium. Um, and then Italy, like it did quite well. And um, Switzerland as well, it did quite well as well. So, and it's Diamond, it's her Diamond project. Like she's, she's just incredible. And then her first album was Platinum too. But I'm going to talk about her latest release called Aya, which um, was released yesterday, actually. Uh, so I got the chance to listen to it yesterday, take it in. Um, it was led by some incredible singles as well. Some singles that blew up. Like she did um, she did incredible work in terms of the campaign and stuff. She was even on Times Square. But um, I think the singles that predated the album were Do Do and um, Jolly Nana, which is, um, it has a visual to it as well, which is just a really incredible um, but I think this whole project as a whole, it's like 15 songs. It includes British acts like Stormzy and Miss Banks. Um, Miss Banks was cited, like she's been a fan of her for ages and she was just calling her just like the boss lady of France and stuff in interviews that she'd done to help promote the album. But um, Stormzy is um, on the first song, the introduction song, and he, the way he uses his voice in this sort, like there's no rapping at all from him. He almost does like what J. Cole does in terms of like using his voice sometimes as like just a, a form of melody, like vocals. Um, he's not, obviously he's not a singer first and foremost, so like don't expect world shattering. Well, some would say he is a singer. Well, he's not. <laughs> like we know, like people who actually know music know that he's not a singer. But in terms of, um, <laughs> in terms of, he's a rapper. Like, um, but in terms of his usage of his voice on this song, there are strong potentials in terms of how he can use his voice to assist in his rapping first and foremost um, career. So yeah, with that, like I think he assists um, Aya Nakamura really well. Miss Banks is doing what Miss Banks does, just giving a nice delivery in terms of flow um, on the album's uh, next to last song called Mon Losa, and I hope I'm not murdering French right now for the French people. I'm not French speaker, but I wish I was after listening to this album because I'm Googling the lyrics and stuff. She's talking about love, she's talking about her family, talking about um, romance a lot on this album as well. So I'm, and self-empowerment first and foremost, like she's not letting these guys lead her at all, which is incredible to see. She's just a very strong character, like in terms of how she carries herself and in terms of um, what she talks about as well but I think the best part of this project is just how unique it is in terms of one song can be really down tempo 
um, really chilled with the voice taking like center stage. Whereas the other songs could be quite faster paced Afro pop length songs, um, which lend themselves to kind of you wanting to be outside, euphoria, um, parties, street parties. Like some of her visuals take place in parties as well, which is cool. Um, I just feel like, is it mad? Like, I think the UK is just really ignorant. Like, we, I had this conversation on Twitter about this, um, about Aya Nakamura and just how um, one of her songs actually took off in the clubs, like, last year, I believe, as well. Um, so it's just interesting how the... We were talking about, like, the Francophone countries um, in Africa and across the continent. Um were able to really carry this artist as well in other markets and even how we live in the UK as well. Like some of the songs in France sometimes cross over into um, club culture, like in the clubs they'll take off and stuff. But it's really interesting how she's literally hours, like minutes away, you could even condense it to minutes away from this nation and how she, there's no presence here. Like even looking at her charts and stuff like there's just no presence mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of her success and stuff. And she's a diamond selling mm-hmm. acting for like, mm-hmm. she is she is it for French mm-hmm. pop. She is the face of French pop right now. Like she- We spoke about yeah, this Nick spoke week, about this. Yeah, like, yeah, a hundred percent. So it's really interesting that this week I went back to listen to her album, but it's just so, it's interesting because I'm thinking about the US as well and how they, um, reject foreign languages a lot of the time or like regulate them or like control Mm. how much visibility they get and stuff like that and when they're strategically allowed to get their spotlight and stuff and it's just interesting how the UK and just Europe as a whole like I've had this conversation so many times and Chopin will know this and Eden will know this just in terms of how powerful Europe as a um not as a as a region is sorry um in terms of its musical outputs. And that's not just the UK. Do you know what I mean? Like that is France, that is Germany, that is Spain, that is Italy. Mm. Um, that they, These are huge markets, um, you know, Sweden in some in some parts as well, and R&B, like what they do, what they're starting to do with over there and stuff. So I think that it's interesting that language is such a barrier to a place that has a city like London in it. You know, especially London being the place that controls basically the British industry, the music industry. And the Mm. fact that there's so many foreign speakers in that industry, um, but we don't really allow foreign languages to cross over. I think that the the nearest examples which we're having now is in what we're seeing with Afrobeats having its own chart and like crossing over and stuff. But that's still not fully foreign language like you still have to Mm. operate within the british archetype as a whole and then use your inflections and use your slang to kind of cross over like i just think it's like i sonically would kill it here like the the sound like just the production Mm. like we don't i'm a person where i don't need to know the language i mean i will google lyrics just to get the context and like what i'm doing but in terms of what she said like it's beautiful the french language is a beautiful language like Mm. i think in terms of the sounds we could bop into her in the club with her. Like, it would be cool. Like, she she could do that and stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel like she got Stormzy and Miss Banks on this um, as an attempt. And I don't think she cares about white spaces, but I think this was an attempt to help connect with the black (laughs) people here. She was very much like... No, 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 no. I think she was just very much (laughs) attempting to be like, yo, like... 
I fucks with you. Like, do you know what I mean? And she was just like, mm. and Miss Banks has been in the comments. Like, you can go on her um Aya's Instagram. She's been, even before this was a thing, she's been mm. like, my girl, like Aya, because she's originally from like West Africa. So it's just, it's interesting to kind of see that us as black people are using the tools to kind of be like, nah, language is fine. Like, I'm going to help mm. you out. It's cool. Just translate the lyrics for me and I'll do my English shit so we can try and like help each other out. But it's just cool. Like, I just think even on the the flip side, I could see a Miss Bangs working in France. Like just in terms of mm. what she does as well. I could see her just going out there and just trying some shit in France. Like obviously there's race issues in France and stuff like that. But in terms of the sound in the club culture, she Miss Bangs would pop off. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, could, I could see yeah. it. And I think we need to just have a closer relationship with the the black um the black diaspora in France. Like I'm really keen to like try and connect across across language barriers because they be going through it as well. Like they be going through it ten times harder probably. Like we see we saw that case a couple of years ago with the, the pole and the police officer and the pole with that guy in the hospital and stuff mm. like that. Like I don't want to get into the specifics, but it was very graphic, like what happened. Yeah. Um but yeah that just to say is incredible. This project is like top tier from the five or so listens that I've had like sonically it's just so developed mm. like she's such a good artist and um I, I just want to see her here I want to see her just come and be like I'm a black pop artist right but like you, I don't you even know try how it's twisted. hard to do that because my last agency yeah. actually looked after her for a little bit so I got oh, I got an insight how hard it was to get her placed in publications over here even though I can imagine. Even though the songs are great. And the thing is, also from a PR standpoint, what I've learned about um, artists and publications is and doing press, whatever, radio, whatever. Like, it's important mm. to have a story. Mm. Her story is interesting. And then outside of that, it is. she actually has the numbers. Like, she has like, what, 20 million monthly streams on Spotify and then her videos get... But, this, but huge. You know, publications huge. were just saying no to her. They, they didn't get it. And it's ignorance. It's ignorance. Mm. And the thing is, we need to just see that the market is so close. We would both benefit each other if we actually just said, what? let's let's actually collaborate and let's do more and let's like get these people featured in France and let's do a Euro tour. Let's do all I can see her working with like I mean he's not great, but in terms of in terms of a clout, you know, a young Bane or someone, like, you know, to bring her some um, visibly in the UK or or Huss even. Let me tell you something. Young Bane's not doing a lot right now. Let's no, just be I know <laughs> he was I in know. the past, but but, but you know yeah, what I mean. He's dropped off. Like, I know could, what you mean. She could really, like she could really mesh in with these Afro swing, swing spaces we have today. There's definitely a space for her. hundred percent. Like she could, you know, or even yeah. some of the some of the Mabel esque songs. Like there's a space yeah. for her here. So what I will say is what I'm seeing with the younger drill scene is different languages are being incorporated in the music. Yes. So yeah. there is a rapper called French the Kid who is kind of a new school drill rapper and he incorporates French into his music as well. Um, he's, he's UK based and everything. So I am seeing people incorporate um, languages in it, but Nick is right. We do need to do it a lot more. Um, and it's interesting because you were talking about her all this time. And then I looked at her name and I was like, oh, it's her. Like I, uh, her song, Jaja, like that's the song that I listened to in the club with like- That's the one that came in the club. Ago. Like we were- we Yeah, were, exactly. That's and that's the, the one that I know her up. by. And the thing is, I checked out her album this morning as well. I just didn't make the connection. Um, but yeah, she is, she is incredible from what I remember hearing. Mm. And she creates very catchy songs, very- rhythmic songs yes. Um, yes, rhythmic. Yeah. and yes. 
Yes. And I, I remember um, there was a couple on Instagram. I can't remember their name, but they posted about her this morning. And one of her songs is like an ode to an old um, West Indian, like one of the um, French islands songs. So it she's is. definitely cultured as yes. well. Yes. Um, Come on, Martinique. So yeah, it's Martinique. <laughs> yeah, it was Martinique actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like she is amazing. And I do think that with the next generation, as, as they come and um, we become a much more... Um, kind of polyglot of a country um other countries will start to fil- filter into our music like strome i remember when strome came out with mm. Alor dance i think it's called and it was on the chart it was on the what was it on again i remember every time i went on mtv i saw that song um and strome was someone who's crossed the barrier quite easily mm. with like um papatue and all of those types of songs hopefully i said that right but um yeah we do need the crossover soon because there are loads of artists. And in France, going back to that article we spoke about, um, they do get ostracized for talking about their experiences um, as black people, as people who are suffering under under a particular um, system of racism. So um, we do need to hear those stories because they have amazing stories to tell. They have traumatic stories to tell. And they have the rhythm that goes with it as well. So I need to hear their music more. It's just crazy because like this girl's like platinum in Spain, double platinum in Italy. Like she, this is, this is, but it doesn't matter if it's not the UK. It doesn't matter. No, no, but what I'm doing is I'm putting respect on Aya's name because she is that girl. No, no, no. And people need to realize that she's, no, no, no. I know, I know, I know. I know what you're saying. Like in terms of the UK, they just won't see it. But like she is like this girl had a billboard in times like people need to get with the program. Like this country is always going to come last because they're ignorant. They're always going to come last because they just don't get it. Like this girl is the moment and you need to jump on that before it's too late. It's gonna. It's always going to be too late because she knows what's going on. She can see it. So it's just it's very much like um, it's very disappointing. But yes, Aya is incredible. Check out the album. That's what we're here to do let you guys know on what to check out and whatnot to and stuff but the second one you, go on do you, sorry do you, do you know what's interesting like i'm just thinking about how other languages are incorporated into uk music or us music and it's only ever samples like it's, it's i'm just deeping it right now like if we look towards um kind of like bollywood and kind of the the music in india and um, some of the stuff like bangra and stuff um the most popular songs in the us and the uk are usually samples they're not not actually... entirely. Latin Americans have been putting Spanish in their <laughs> songs for years and doing very well with it. Shakira, mm-hmm. Enrique Iglesias, yeah. Gloria Estefan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, there was a cluster. Even J-Lo, Christina Aguilera, they've all been incorporating. Enrique was, uh, Enrique um, in- Iglesias, he was um, he became big because of his English translations. It wasn't because of his Spanish songs in the UK and the US. No, but my point is... Like, My Hero was an English song. That's that wasn't his breakout song though, and also what I mean by no, that's an that's an example. But, but, but what I mean is that even if they're English songs, there will be Spanish phrases in there. There'll be Spanish ad libs, and that's what I mean. Like, and same with like Shakira. But but the, what 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 I was saying was a so, a full song that was in another language. So you can have elements of the language incorporated, but the overall song is still going to be. Um, English or American because the the 90% of it is English or American. It might have um, like dabs of different languages in it, but it's still an English or American song. Mm, That's fair. Like as a whole. And and you can argue that the parts that are from another language are treated like ad-libs or samples. Yeah, they're regulated and it's very much like a... um, It's very much like a... It's decoration. Because it's like... 
Yeah, and it's like, you're not going to annoy us too much. Like, you know what I mean? You're just going to do a little, mm. do you know what I mean? Like Sally in the house is like, you're not going to, you the know, you're just going to give me that catchy part so I can get it in the club and then that's it. Oh, like, did don't you even hear that? Try and speak oh. more. Yeah. It's, it's exotic. It's like, oh, you know, Bad Bunny. You know what I mean? Like a little bit, but not the full thing. You know, when, he, when his yeah. songs break over over here, it's more like English, even though he does have songs predominantly in Spanish, but like the features pop off more. Do you know what I mean? When it's just him regulated yeah. to a smaller yeah. part of the song. So you're do you right. Think, do you think the songs from like Latin America pop off, pop off over here more than say like France or some other countries because of the aesthetic? Do you think it's more that? Um, Cause just, just when you said Bad Bunny and you're talking about like some of the people from um, South America, I'm thinking, well, their music does do well over here. We do hear about them over here. But when it comes to French artists, I don't really... Do you know what it is? But like... Well... Oh, go on. Go in on, terms of infrastructure, Latin, Latin America and Latin music has always, always had a lot of infrastructure. Like there's a Latin Grammy Awards. Yeah. There's always... And also, like I said, so there's... I mentioned the likes of Christina, Enrique, Shakira. Like, so there's been a lot of Latin American artists who can uh, traverse both English yeah. and Latin American audiences. So there's, so there's easier to, to navigate and market them to other audiences. Whereas there's never really been a French artist blown in the States. Not to my knowledge. Not, not like consistent. In the UK. It's not consistent. Mm. Basically, there's, there's like, yeah. Yeah. Strome is the only person I can think of. But historic, no, but even then, but she hasn't blown like, like I said, like a Shakira or Enrique or Shakira mm. or Celia Cruz. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not like that. Like, like we know their songs. They have like hits. And yeah. You know what I mean? Ricky Martin, for example, another one. Like, we don't really have those kind of artists from France or Germany or whatever. I mean, obviously on the niche and on the underground, but they haven't really pierced through in the same way. So, like, there's definitely... And, like, look at look, look at even, like, Cardi B now and Bad Bunny and even Rosalie. Like, you know, there's been, a, once again, another resurgence, another renaissance of Latin American music that's doing well. Do you know what it is? It's the fact that I think that with the Latin uh, American stuff, they've always kind of, um, it's language number one, just because of the, like the French unapologetically were, were in French. Like, that's it. Like no little English is like French. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's like, there might be one word mm. or like one sentence, but like mostly it's, when I listen to French trap even, it's French. Like, you know, I have to go Google, you know, it's not like you can kind of get it because of the the reliance on English. And I also think it's the the aesthetic, like you said, like, the, let's be real, you know, there's not even a sexiness. There's, there's a, a sexiness. thing of black aesthetics, bad buddy. I am going to go there, we'll go there. But there's a bit of that in some, even Rosalia, come on, Rosalia, the skin, yeah, about certain shoots looking darker than the others and all of that. And um, yeah, just like the adoption of what they've used to take from hip hop culture. I think with the looks and all of that kind of stuff, I think they've definitely adopted that well. Um, and just, I think they've got more mm. highbrow collaborations as well, which have helped them to usher themselves yeah. into yes. the market like of the UK said, and US. Like to be like, okay, yeah, yeah. Because there's of a the gateway, There's a gateway. Yeah. And even reggaeton, like, also, they've taken for reggae. Do you know what I mean? Like they've taken from... Yes black spaces and been allowed the synergy has been allowed a bit more so than a france and because of the french institutional mm. issues on the ground with black artists i feel like that translates yes. over to the uk yes. so like they, the the labels might talk to each other or the the figures because they're so close might talk to each other and it's like oh well we ain't fucking with them in france like even though they're charting we, we ain't really 
co-signing them like that. So do you know what I mean? Mm. So don't bring them over here or like don't play them or don't cover them and stuff. And even the publications, they'll talk to each other. The French imprint will talk to the UK imprint and stuff like that. So, you know, there's there's different dynamics going on potentially behind the scenes, which are blocking these artists from really crossing over, even though they, they're, they're closer to us than Latin America. It's really weird mm. to me. And obviously colour will come into this as well because a lot of, the, we don't, Latin, Latin America, the black, where, where are they? Let's name some. Where where are the yeah. black? Where are the blacks? Where are they? Oof. Where where are the Afro Latinas? Her name. Um, what's her name? Amara La Negra. Where are you? Yeah, that's it. Where are that's you? It. That's it. Because let's be real. You know, she's put in the work for years, and yeah. that that visibility just hasn't come. You know, and the thing is, we, and there's there's many um, Amara La Negras in that region. Um, Brazil, like there's so many that people name all the time. Even Portugal, yes. is Portugal, well, yeah, 100, 110%. There are black artists in these countries who are doing 10 times the work, who a bad bunny has taken from and admitted that, like not stolen from, but he says he's influenced by the black reggaeton artists and all this kind of stuff like that. So he, they know that there's a racial dynamic. They know mm. and they exploit that. A lot of them exploit that and they don't, they don't open the gateway to the to the people coming up do you know what i mean and like the black people there like bad bunny really and truly like you're all for the isms and stuff and i love bad bunny like listen like i but i can critique people i like and the thing is with him and he can critique himself he's done that in interviews and the thing is with bad bunny i feel like there's a bigger onus especially from the genres you're taking from especially because it's trap and reggaeton like there's two um mm. you need to bring black artists with you you know, you're fighting yep. for every ism and doing the protest, which is great. Puerto Rico, you need that. Like there's a, there was a dictator of power. But um, in terms of him bringing, but you need to, I, 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 there's a bigger onus for you to bring a black artist up, you know, start an imprint, push a black artist, you know, feature black artists more. Like, and he's done black artists before, but like, I need a bigger push. You are the biggest Latin American artist on this planet right now. You need mm. to do that because a JLo ain't gonna do it you know a JLo is never gonna do it you know what I mean um but you come from the ground and he comes from a struggle he comes from the ghettos you know so there are many a black person in that ghetto which you could you mm. could push up who are who are twice probably three times as talented as you are so yeah. like you guys said when I first brought Brad Buddy to this kind of segment years ago in one of our seasons there is a problematic relationship with with him and like listening to people like him and stuff like that. And we won't even get into Rosalia who is becoming the face of Latin America while being Spanish. Yeah. Let's not let's not do that. Let's not do that. And what's <laughs> and what's that what's that that um colours video? Na with that do, oh my god, woman? do you know what Natty Natty Pelso, do you know what her album actually slaps? Like I did listen to it. <laughs> it actually slaps. But that aesthetic and that 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 colours. Yeah. No, 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 um, I think one of her songs charted quite high in the UK charts as well. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm interested. I think she's releasing her last album soon though, which is sad, but yeah. Her last? Is she is she done? Yeah, she's released this vlog series where she's recording her third and last, uh, last album, sorry. 
That's so, mad. Like she's great. Yeah. Like why? She's like twenty three or something like, or quite young. So I, I hope don't know she, why that's what's going on. I, has she said why? Like, did she ever say why she was quitting? Or like not, not that quitting, I've seen. retiring? Not mm, that I've seen, okay. no. Right, okay. Really quickly before we get into the news, um, I'm just going to say love, send them to Coventry. I think as Chope said, like what Pasalu is doing in terms of his, his genre, his genre bending as well as blending. Like, I think he really stretches what, um, what, mm what like the likes of drill means and like just yes where drill i agree ends and dance i agree begins and, yeah 100 like, um, yeah like he's definitely tapped in and like the conversation we had like i was meant to be 45 minutes it went on to an hour and a half because like he loves musicality and he was so stressed about this he was so stressed about me representing him right like he was like I just want to make sure, like, I don't know what I'm talking about, like, but I know I, he was just so, like, he overthinks everything, but I love him. Like, honestly, love her. Um, so humble, so eager to learn more about music. Like, he's like, I can't wait to get in the studio and just listen to so many different projects. Like, he just, to me, is the definition of an artist who wants to grow at the same time as being new, you know? And, like, I love that hunger. When I see that hunger from an artist, not just to release a project, just to release it. Like, he's definitely very intentional with his inflections, with how he uses his voice. And I love artists who are using their voices as instruments. Like, not just rapping something, but saying something really intentionally or ad-libbing something really intentionally. Um or um, uh, syncing their voice with the production really well. And I think that's something that he's got a skill for. Um, I love Millions as well, his voice and how he uses his voice as well. So on Informa, I loved that collaboration. I loved Flip Repeat. The onomatopoeias on there were incredible. I loved Boy Boy on No Warning because that was a real um, connection to the West Indies. And um, Pa said he grew up with a lot of Jamaican Trinis, which I'm glad he shouted out Trinis, which was cool. Um, and he, he just... He learned from all of them and he was he was listening to every dancehall album. He was listening to Beanie Rao, he was listening to Elephant Man. He he knows all the mans in, in, in Jamaica and beyond and stuff. And I definitely know that this is a genuine connection to the uh to the Caribbean, not a forced one, which some artists like tend to do sometimes. So Pa, like I am one of your biggest supporters right now. Um, I do want, like, this is something I really talk about, like, a lot. I'll just say I love more paper and energy with Mahalia as well. And Black, what he did on that was incredible. But I want us to let artists be artists. I want us to move away from Jay Huss. We get it. We've embraced it. We've digested it. We've swallowed it. We've said it all year. Let's let Pat evolve into what he wants to evolve into. Um, I think this is distinct enough for him to have his own sound now um, and still develop his own sound. I just don't like these back-ended compliments um, saying like, oh yeah, like definitely sounds like Huss and all this kind of stuff. I'm just like, okay. I didn't even get that when listening to the project, over. you know. Let's move over. I didn't get it either. Like, obviously, sonically. I, 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 I can see it, but it wasn't like, it didn't like spring to mind immediately. There wasn't they're a... They're both just Gambian. That's, they're that's both just Gambian, exactly. Comparison. That's all. Someone was like, oh, like, 
you know, it's so hard because they sound exactly the same. I'm like, bro, they, like, they don't. They really don't. Like, I get it. <laughs> I get it, but stop forcing it. Like, I get it, but stop forcing it. That's where I'm at because, like, per, like, I didn't think of J Hus once. I'm not even lying to you. I didn't same. think of J Hus once. I didn't. On that project. Like, obviously, when he first came in the game, yeah, like, 100%, 100%, like, first when he first came in the game. But, you know, J Hus has even embraced him as his brother. That's it. It's the end, guys. Like, let's just... Poor Kojo. You know? Like, it's the end of the road. Let's just let him evolve, for better or for worse, because, you know, whatever happens from here. But I love Pam, you know, and I love that he's from Coventry. I love that I can hear the Midlands accent there. I love that, like, about him. I don't want him to ever lose that, because that, that just shows to the international space and us, to Londoners, that, you know, we aren't the most important thing in this world. Like, let's just get... Let's just get this. We are sure let's not. Just swallow that pill again, another pill to swallow, and let's just get a grip. You know, there are other artists across the country, and I want Pat to be just as big as a London a London artist as well. Um, and shout out to um, Dutch Avelli as well, who's also kind of in the drill space too, who um, who collaborated with an Australian duo, which is great. I, I really want to see him um, develop internationally as well. Um, I'm trying to get the song that he collaborated with. Um, now I can't find it, but like he, yeah, he collaborated with some Australians recently, which is dope. And he, Drill, as Eden said, Drill is moving to international markets and international spaces. So I'm really excited. Like, honestly, as I said in the beginning, the UK space is doing incredible right now. So yeah, and also um just to say there are a few Ghanaian artists. They are so, yeah. actual artists in Ghana in Ghana as well. Um spitting on drill. So yeah. it is definitely becoming an international genre. So shout out to And also, also Ghana, Australia. I, DJ Mag did it. Is DJ Mag did a piece. And complex. Yeah. Um yeah, man. There's different 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 spaces are coming up, which is great. Okay. So the person that collaborated, I just needed to end this, like one four, which is Australian, like you said. Yes. Like, yes. So yes. they just released That's their, what I was talking about. Yeah, That's they, what I was talking about. They just released their album, which I need to digest. I've literally saved it. Um, it is called Against All Odds. And someone in Clout House the other day was like shouting about it from Australia. He was like, You need to listen. Da, 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 da. So I'm I'm taking this in. I'm about to take this in. Nine songs, not too hard. Um I'm excited. Um, sorry, no, no, no. I have to shout out Amaray as well, who just released her debut album. Oh, like this girl, like yo, like she is. Woo! Like, let me tell you something. Like she, like this album is nuts. Like out of this world, out of this world. She creates her own universe. The angel you don't know. I'll talk about it Ooh, more. Yeah, Santi's on one of the songs. Okay, cool. One hundred percent. She is the future of this little sound that we've got coming up. The Alte, the Afro space. Like she is in, insane, 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 insane. Koji's on it. All of that. Like insane. But I will get into that more next week because I think we've given you a lot to digest. So um, next week, you'll have you'll have my review. You'll have my full review. But um, I'm gonna do this one really quickly because this is ugly. This is a really bad story. So we're just oh, where are we going into the news now? Yeah, this is the news. This is a really ugly story. I'm just gonna really quickly provide some resources. 
um, and say that males, as I've said before, earlier in the season, we need to deal with our misogyny. We need to deal with um, how we're dealing with women in abuse uh, situations and not inflict abuse upon women as well. Um, and we need to just deal with our own mentally mental traumas. Yes, mentally and physically. And we need to deal with our own mental traumas um, alone with a therapist or however you deal with it if you can't financially but not inflicting harm mentally or physically as Shope just did the nuances with uh, another person so that is how I'm just doing that story um it is in regards to Octavian being dropped by record labels and publicists um after his abuse allegations so I'm not going to name her to protect um abuse because you know, people might send abuse if they love Octavian or whatever. But she posted on Instagram on um, Wednesday evening. Uh, and it was a whole load of Instagram stories, which was proof um, or alleged proof that uh, she was in an abusive situation with Octavian. Um, this involved pictures of, posting pictures of her dog or a dog that she primarily looked after in their relationship, like taunting her allegedly um a video was posted where they were in the same flat in london um and he there was just some a very abusive kind of back and forth between the two her begging not him not to touch her all of this kind of stuff um there was threads and posts and just loads of different forms of media just kind of her experience with octavian um just physical, verbal, psych psychological kind of abuse throughout their situation. Um, she said that she was kicked in the stomach, all of that kind of stuff. But we're not going to... I'm just grazing over it because it's very trigger sensitive. Um, so what I'm going to say is that the result in this was on Friday or Thursday evening, Friday morning, where he was uh, dropped by Black Butter Records. The album that he had in play uh, didn't come out. Um and he was also dropped by Patton Publicity, which was his um, PR representation. So that's what happened. Um, I just want to say for any victims of harm, um, we obviously are here to support and help. Obviously, we are not experts. So I am going to direct you to women's aid. Um, .org .uk. Uh, you can go to chat.women's uh women's said and uh, women's aid sorry women's aid.org.uk and then you can talk to someone and they'll provide resources as well um there is also a line i'm going to share about national domestic abuse line it's 24 hours free phone um it is 0808-2247 and that is for protection and um, a safe space for any victims of domestic abuse or abuse at large as well um yeah, this site is from the uh, National Domestic Abuse Helpline. So it's nationaldahelpline.org.uk for more information. Um, we wanted to graze over this story just because of trigger warnings and stuff. So we're not really going to do commentary on it today um, just because it's a very sensitive topic to all of us in different ways. So um, we are going to move on. Um, and just say we are with you and I hate that statement of solidarity whatever but like using power all that kind of stuff um, I definitely updated people with the situation that's did as well like in terms of retweets and stuff like that and we will continue to update you as this this goes to court um, and all of this just to get the right kind of chain of causation and circumstances and to what's happened 
um, out to the public. But yes, we are going to move on. Um, just a very heavy topic. Um, but this one is another heavy-ish topic as well. Um, we're just going to talk about it a little bit. So this this one will be a bit more in-depth for you guys, listeners. Um, it is Britney Spears involving, and I think we've spoken about her on the show before, but um, this is actually the fact that the case that we spoke about a few weeks ago, she's actually lost that case. So she's lost the case to be freed from her father. So... Um, she wanted to end essentially her father's court-ordered control over her life, personal finances and career decisions. So um, Britney Spears is 38 at this age um, and the term is um, conservatorship. So that is the form of legal guardianship over an adult. Um, In 2008, you saw, if you didn't, you can Google it, like the series of mental health breakdowns where she shaved her head, all sorts. Um and had no viable relationship with him um and she used that as a form of kind of uh case to say that you know since this moment she hasn't really had ties to him and stuff like that like there hasn't been a good relationship um and she wanted her his authority to be completely severed like no control nothing um there have been quotes suggesting that she's afraid of her father um she will not perform again allegedly if her father is in charge of her career so this comes from her actual lawyer samuel ingham he told the um los angeles supreme court this during the case proceedings before the decision was reached um there was definitely a effort from her fans to kind of help her there was multiple times that they were in front of the court um just to in terms of like pictures with like free britney and support of that um it's definitely been a case that has taken over the internet um over the years as well um britney's mother even made a statement saying that you know enough is enough essentially and that she agrees with the decision to sever ties um jamie uh, jamie lynn spears has helped in the case as well and took temporary control over the finances as the case was going forward um yeah like this legal decision has been made permanent um there has actually been statements which suggest that there's room to talk about this in the future um but at this point it has been decided that he is still her conservator um yeah uh, the, the argument has said kind of that Mr. Spears's removal would do Britney harm. Um, so that's why they came to that decision. It's really kind of heartbreaking to see Britney Spears still in this situation. There was even a rally, a free Britney rally in LA saying get Jamie out after the decision. Um, so Britney Spears yeah like has the support and people who've been following the case for ages um Britney's mum on the verdict said again that obviously it's broken her heart that it's come things have come to this point um familial wise and that's the latest update of everything if I hear anything more obviously that's pod we will go over it again but as of now what are you guys' thoughts towards the free Britney movement and like what the latest court decision has come to um it doesn't make sense to me uh i've and also <coughs> i've seen images of britney spears on instagram i've seen videos of her and she just looks lifeless and i, I mean that in a way where she's looks like someone who is 
existing more than living at the moment um and it's it breaks my heart to see her like that because like we've just spoken about when it came to octavian and mental abuse and all those types of things uh, it's a similar situation with britney spears and her father um and he's just taken advantage of the fact that she's very she's in the public eye and she had that breakdown i think in 2009 and people always attribute that to her 2007 2007 that was it um and i just think that it's really unfair i think it's very unfair it's another situation where i i feel like white men have this certain power above sense on some on some situations like you have an example of someone who can tour who can still make music who can still do their day to day, but you're saying they can't control their own lives. And to me, I I have a question when it comes to that and how we treat people who have alleged, in Britney Spears' case, but in some people's cases, real mental health issues. Um, because it's almost like people don't know the right way to look after them when they say, I want autonomy. I want to be able to look after myself. And Britney Spears, the fact she's taken her, taken her father to court a few times means that she there is something wrong but it's not being understood for some reason um so yeah that, those are my thoughts where do i start with this um i think first and foremost is very sad and it's interesting when reading the the news stories she even admits Brittany, that she understands why the conservatorship was put in place initially because she was very mentally and emotionally frail 100 um, percent in 2007 yeah. to 2009 but clearly um obviously it's been 10 plus years since that now she's in a different space but she's still not being granted control over her assets even her personal life like i actually read she can't even drive her own car she doesn't own a phone things like that which is like and she's a grown woman wait she's she doesn't own a children phone. and she's being she doesn't have access to no. her bank account either like I know, I know the bank account. Yeah, but yeah. like her phone, that's yeah. bad. Yeah, and and she didn't even know that her business manager was was fired and replaced. <sighs> she doesn't even know what's really going on with the outer workings of her own career, and it's like she's not even saying remove the conservatorship. She just wants it to be controlled by someone else, and she's suggesting her sister or her mum. So it, she's obviously very aware that you know she has mental issues to continue working through and. Um, there needs to be, you know, more progression. But she, but clearly, her dad is taking advantage of it now and is getting to a place of abuse and control and manipulation. And like Eden said, the fact that you're taking your father to court several times, clearly something is not right. And then her mother is saying that, yeah, the father needs to be removed. Her sister saying her father needs to be removed. So clearly, there's some something, there's something shady. Yeah, and this is going also what this is also why clearly. I said that sometimes when it comes to powerful white men, they operate above sense. Like if 100%. we are to allude back to what's going on in the US right now and talk about Trump saying all of these things about the election, and even like fake news and all of these conversations, it's not riddled in sense. It's riddled in nonsense. But because you have power, it's riddled in that, ego. Well, yeah, because white supremacy is an actual thing and obviously on a hierarchy, white men are at the top. They can get away with a lot more because the system allows them to. They don't have to make sense. And that's why this whole situation stinks because you've got Britney Spears. It's very exactly. money And you've got Britney clearly. Spears saying that it's, I need to leave this thing 
everyone yeah. is saying yeah she'll be better off with someone else but it's just like no we think this is still good for her how do you know if the person suffering is saying it's not good for her yeah so because that's the, that's, unfortunately she, in the eyes of the law and the eyes of her father and the eyes of you know these other legal people she's now i guess and i don't i mean this like in a I don't mean to say it in a rude way, but like she's kind of seen as a vegetable or a shadow of herself mentally. They don't, they don't, people can't take her seriously, even though she's a grown woman, but, but like she's just kind of frozen in time mm, with that mm. breakdown that nothing she says will be taken seriously because they don't think she has the capacity to say anything that makes sense or control because, oh, she went through this 10, 12, 10, 12 years ago. But meanwhile, she's released four albums, gone on several tours, headlined Vegas residencies, so on and so forth still raising her two sons but she can't control who's looking after her her financial estate yeah really she can't control yeah it's crazy um, it's crazy she can't drive her own car Mm. really okay and then also i've been also seeing some terrible things that apparently she's being forced to take certain meds when Mm. she doesn't want to and being threatened with oh cancel your tour if you don't take these meds or stuff like that i've been reading stuff like that too it's just dark. And yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's very, very dark, extremely, extremely dark. And like Eden said, to those videos, and people actually make fun of her for those videos that, that we post on Instagram. Clearly, yes, we can see that something yeah. mm. is wrong. So, something is not, not right. But that might be because, you know, she's being forced to take certain meds. She's being forced to take certain things that she doesn't want to, but she's being threatened with, we won't allow you to do mm. this if you don't do that. So yeah, like Nick said, it's just very, very dark, and I actually kind of feel a bit hopeless because where do you go from here? Like so the judge has said, nope, your dad is still going to be the conservator. Where do you go from here? But I guess it'll be like a, I worry it'll be a thing like similar to Georgia. Like so, when Georgia was battling background for like a decade, it took her a decade mm. to get out of that contract. Several lawsuits, several court appearances. She finally got there in the end, but look how long it took. I think it would be the same with Britney, but obviously this case is worse because this is actually a, a matter of her well-being. Obviously, JoJo's obviously was terrible in its own ways, but this is literally a, a matter of it's Britney's well-being mm. It's and really health. just dark. It's really ugly. So, like, if it takes 10 years, what will happen to Britney? Will she pass out? Will she die? Will she yeah. commit yeah. suicide or whatever? Like, you know, what, what, what mm. will it take? Mm. What yeah. will be the end result? I'm... So that's my question. What? How? Where do? Where I don't she go know. From here? Like honestly, it's a situation where we just we just have to send. We just have to keep amplifying, and we like, we we're powerless in this. Really, like, do you know what I mean? Just keep keep talking about it. Don't let it go to the background. I think her fans have been excellent vehicles of ed- education throughout the years. Because I knew about this years ago. You know. Um, They've been Actually, excellent you know vehicles for the for this education of it because no one would care without them. They've really amplified it. They've, yeah. they've been they've been fans yeah. in the right way to be fans. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. and that her fan base don't seem that. To be honest, yeah, her fan base are from a different era. You know what yep. I mean? A different yep. era of fanship yep. where it was about the art and it was about you know when we just care about our eyes. We're we're passionate about our eyes. It's not about 
better than da 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 da. And you know, I've. I mean, I, well, that's not entirely true, but no, no, no. Obviously, in the there's fo- definitely anti Christina rhetoric with the British. Oh, a hundred percent. There was definitely an anti Christina. A hundred. That's historical at this point. Like we we know that. But in terms of how deadly it got, I don't think it was as violent as the stands are of today. Obviously, there was definitely bullying and chat rooms and shit. There was there was a hundred percent shit like that. But in terms of how they've rallied into this important mental health um climate i think is super important and it's it's uh a testament to how how people can support in the right way you know um and i think i've gained a lot Mm -hmm, of information mm -hmm. about it whether it's been true or not and i've had to dissect myself but still a lot of information amplifying from them um without britney even signaling to amplify or anything like that so i think it's been really cool to kind of not cool cool in the worst way because it's a really bad situation but like um they've been great i think you know shout out to you guys um who keep amplifying the story because it's kept it on my mind actively on my mind you know do you know what nick you make a great point you know because we do talk about stan culture in sometimes a negative light but when it comes to women and having their own stan um kind of stan group like they do defend them when it comes to topics that are quite traumatic um and they are there for them they do try to amplify their voice and defend them and stand up for them and i and although like it is a very toxic culture um and i would i still question the roots of it i still question the effects it has on people's mental health when they're comparing themselves to celebrities and everything um there are elements of it that do work against the status quo because like although like we know some people are famous we know some people have money and all these types of things but like we say with black people like when you get to a certain position it doesn't stop you from being black and it's the same for Mm -hmm. women it's the same Mm -hmm. for um people who still are ostracized for um not being white male and like stand groups do help amplify issues that people go through they are there to soothe the pain of the artist and i think that's that's something that we should celebrate that is an aspect of stand culture we should borrow from Mm. and support when it comes to women who are saying that things are going on in their lives and they don't feel like they're being supported um by the general world but their stand group are there saying we believe you we hear you we're there for you um, so yeah and I think the point you made sorry just to finish but the point you Go made about Britney Spears's fans being from a different generation I think that's very important as well I think there is kind of a um, an understanding and a boundary to um, their interest in Britney Spears because they grew up with her or at least knew about her before there was the closeness of social media um, and and opportunities to look into her life so yeah um, they're yeah, older. That's older. what I would depends, in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. My mindset was that, yeah, different generation and behavior, but also a lot, a cluster of them at least are of a different age generationally as well. So just yeah. how they operate online is completely different too. But I completely get you in terms of the closeness aspects. Yes, there were chat rooms. 100% there was chat rooms in that era. Um, but I still think they there was boundaries you know and there are the one odd liars who go to people's houses i've heard of it with the big stars you know like of yesteryear as well where they've gone to the houses and done all of that shit and gone a bit crazy but as a whole like i think that that's that that fan group and stand group if they call themselves stands now um have done really well like i've dev i've listened to them you know i've respected them and respected their space to to educate me on britney you know throughout the years i've, I've gone to them you know, and looked at what they're doing and like, been like, okay, this is the situation. Okay, cool. That's true. They're just lying over here, but the cluster are saying this. 
gone to Google when there weren't as much news outlets covering this and gone to chat rooms and just scrolled and just seen with the Britain YouTube videos and stuff. And they, do you know what they ride out? And I like that, you know, ride out in the positive ways in a negative situation to help. You know, without them, she might have been deep in further depression and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Without getting the limited access that she probably does to online and TikTok and stuff and seeing, oh, like people actually know my struggle or like don't know, but like know there's something not right. You know, even if they don't know the full extent, but they know. And it's like that that little that little burst of hope that she has is like still being lit. So I want to say if there are any Britney fans here, just continue to keep amplifying because we will um we'll continue to cover this story and stuff and the sto- the multiple stories that come out um in relation to this but britney solidarity with you like in terms of like amplifying actively like we will amplify your story um this is disgusting and like it's really scary like how things can get like this like people can be treated as properties really scary to me um but I definitely just want to like my con- not even condolences. I don't even want to say that, but like just extending hope to Brittany and Jamie Lynn and Brittany's mother as well, who are courageously trying to fight this um, this case and like appeal it as, as potentially as well. So yeah. Um, any any last commentary before I move on? No. Okay. Um, the next one I think has been debunked, so <laughs> I, I I can kind of say it, like, I'll just say it as a statement, but we were going to put on the agenda about Ticketmaster, but, um, Ticketmaster, as of, like, 48 hours ago, I believe, they said that they won't force you to have a COVID vaccine, so it was very much reported, um, online and in in certain media circles that um you would have to have a vaccine um or a negative covid test before attending one of their future concerts um it was from a report from billboard uh which said the company wanted to use smartphones to verify fans were free of the disease initially so that was the premise of these kind of allegations um so ticketmaster is exploring such an idea though but they said there's absolutely no requirement for like the mandated vaccines part of things. Uh, We are not forcing anyone to do anything. It said in a statement, Um, the story followed the announcement by drug company Pfizer, which we spoke about briefly last week, I believe that it had um, developed a, oh no, sorry. I think we discussed it in the group chat. It's just because all of us are in the group chat, Um, but it had developed a coronavirus vaccine. So Pfizer, the company has developed one or are developing one, which is in preliminary trials with a 90% effective nine zero, um, rate of success so the clinical trials have uh, gave hope to the event industry obviously with the coronavirus and uh it could resume events as early as march next year um in 2021 if it's to be believed but um yeah billboards kind of reported this whole tiered plan on how ticketmaster was going to work there future events and like ticketing and like controls of the virus but um they've denied all claims thus far but they've said they're exploring such an idea but nothing's been finite or nothing will be imposed on um concert goers but 
or live event goers but do any of you have commentary on any of this so far but they've they've definitely Ticketmaster have said in the statement which I'm reading um that they are not exploring that right now uh, that is in like it's not official precedent right now for people so do any of you have any thoughts yeah I thought Ticketmaster went bust <laughs> that's that was my first thought when I saw this I thought they well, had issues like no. when they first came out <laughs> it looks like they're still here like I don't know what they're doing but I listen I'm <laughs> they are still here still surviving luckily the covid coronavirus but um uh so my thoughts think? my thoughts are this so when it comes to covid and everything that's happening that we have to think in new ways so that the music industry can survive so that um mm. concerts can survive and all of these types of things um I don't think this is a music situation or issue. I think it's more to do with biology and business and um, pharmaceutical. Um, so what Ticketmaster are doing are the cor- is the correct thing to do. Like they are trying to protect the people who use their business. They want to stay open. Obviously, we're in capitalism. They need to stay open. Um, and this is, it seems like the best option for them to continue holding events and um, making money. So all they can do right now is follow the guidelines and talk about what they're doing. Um, my issue mm. stems more with the vaccine and the fact that it's a new kind of privacy and invasion of our privacy um, that yeah. is becoming the new norm. Like talking about tests that we've done or vaccines that we've taken, all of these types of things is a very dangerous ground um, for controlling this type of people that are allowed into events and i do wonder about how this will affect america because if a vaccine does come out it won't be available to everyone for free so does this mean that events no. will be a premium thing will it mean that people who are only a oh it's, it's yeah happening. so does it mean only people who are able to afford to pay for a vaccine and then pay for a ticket to go to an event will go to an event in the uk obviously we've got um the nhs for now um and we've got a system where if a vaccine is available people will be able to take it um yeah. but there is a question of what happens globally with situations like this when it comes to music and enjoyment and entertainment what will be the um the kind of invisible glass ceiling the next thing other than oh it's full like we're not accepting black people right now to stop people from entering these things and it seems like it's a health um situation right now it seems like the opportunity to um open again to some people but then to some people it's not available so the the one thing that makes me happy is it, it isn't just the vaccine it's like if you've taken a test and it's negative you're able to go but i do question but the thing is they've said that they're they're only exploring they then they've said that they it's not they're not forcing anyone to do anything so my thing is they might not even like make this in enforceable thing yeah. like if they've stated that ground obviously it's rumors and like billboards they that. may not but others will yeah we'll see we can yeah, see people just chat to chat in it so we'll definitely see how the industry goes um in terms of eventing but yeah like if this is the future i get you in terms of the elitism thing like 100 percent yeah class classes kind of thing yeah i mean they'll say they won't force anyone but we'll see what happens because um we don't know what's going to happen we don't know. I don't even know why they announced this, to be honest, because the vaccine hasn't been fully tried out on the population yet. It's still something that um, we're yet to see the effects of in the long term. 
So I don't know why they're saying this. Maybe they need their stock price to go up. I know that companies do that sometimes. I don't know if Ticketmaster are publicly trading. But if there's an announcement saying we're planning on doing this so that we're open in the future, I imagine their stocks would go up. So um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Um, but I am worried about the state of the invasion of our privacy when it comes to um, health and vaccines and all these types of things. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, we can we can only see what happens. So we'll keep covering the story, what Ticketmaster, what the event space is doing in the music biz. If Shopee, do you want to say anything? I um, I think- no, I think, I think you guys covered it. But I just will say this, that when people say when Corona ends, I really want people to understand that we are, it's not about things getting back to normal. It's about the new normal, the new world. And as someone like me, you know, I am a, a massive concert goer, a festival goer. You know, it's kind of been strange just to think that I've not been to a show since February. The way, I guess, Ticketmaster may not be doing this, but other venues, other ticketing companies are going to implement new ways that will dramatically affect the way we we go to shows and festivals and sporting events and things of that nature. There will be some sort mm. of change. It's going to be different. Like it, it may even be a case of, I said it before, how let's say for example, tickets. So venues will not uh, open tickets for the entire yeah. venue. Yeah. Now the only, they were, they were only sell like 60% of that capacity to ensure the social yeah. distancing. Mm. and you can't you can't buy groups of six anymore you can only you can only have a group of four and you have to be spaced out across the venue it'll be stuff like that the idea of what a solo concert mean mm. will change mm. um yeah like i think it's gonna be just very 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 different and also i just think it's strange world. people are, are announcing tours because like why are you announcing a tour is even yeah, pushing it back till 2022 yeah, like culture and all those types of things you, yeah like the culture needs like, to change I, around that like it's just like I saw the Pussycat Dolls. They they announced their tour is going to start. Well, they were going to go on tour this year, obviously their reunion tour. And I saw recently they've um, rescheduled it to next year. I'm like, is that going to happen though? <laughs> There's <laughs> artists that doing happen? that every week, so like it's just crazy. I definitely think. Like, is that it going to What happen? I'm interested it's, in, yeah, like a lot of these events aren't probably. Gonna what I'm interested in is um, the first artist to say they had a sold out show when it's like forty percent capacity. Like I'm interested. <laughs> Meek Ti. I'm just interested. I'm interested to rapper. see who says it first because chance the rapper. Yeah, yeah. Like the parameters will just change. Like it's, I don't know. It's a new world. Like it's a new world, and it's like we will talk to like our grandkids and stuff about the old world. You know, right. and that will be the old world, and then this is it. Like it's still mentally a transition because it's only fresh to us. Yeah. Know? Um. It's is yeah. There's a transition globally and. It's, it's wild. Like, you know, we will not, I personally feel like um, for sensible black people, we will be wearing masks till we die. Like, whoa, whoa, just whoa, a regular whoa, thing. Whoa, whoa. No, it's in like, it's, no, it's in like the culture. No, no, no. It's in like the culture of wearing masks. Like uh, I'm not, even when things, even when things die down with this virus or whatever, or things stabilize, let's not say die down, but stabilize. I'm still wearing a mask because oh, like TFL's disgusting. TFL's nasty. Yeah. Like, you know, people are nasty. Like, I've this experience has taught me just, a, you know, the hyper observancy like of us now. Um, people are nasty, people, people just be opening their mouth, non-brushing your tongue, shouting on road. I don't I've want your this. air in my mouth. Like, I don't want it. I, was on I the, don't want it. I was on the train a few weeks ago 
And not only was his brother not wearing a mask, he was eating an Indian takeaway. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, I, and I was thinking listen, of that meme. Listen, listen, listen. Not, not an Indian takeaway. Not an Indian takeaway. And I was thinking, not in Indian a pandemic. <laughs> not like, an Indian takeaway. Not an Indian takeaway. This guy was fully eating like his non So you're down all sorts. On the train. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Train. Just eating it, train. enjoying it okay. on the northern line. Okay, northern line. Okay, okay. That's that small train. Okay. And cool. everyone was just looking at him. Cool. <laughs> like my brother. That guy has my nothing train. to lose. He has nothing because to lose. Because for me, all. for me, for me, I wouldn't be eating in, in front. Like, why are you eating in front of people? Like, why are you eating in front of, Like, what's that? I wouldn't even, even pre-pandemic, even pre- pandemic, I wouldn't eat on the train. Well, I mean, not a coma anyway. <laughs> yeah, not a coma. Like, like, what? Like a like, big, 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 big curry. That, that's, that's wait mad. till you get home. Yeah. That's wait till you get home. And in it, I'm this trying to, was... listen, listen, I'm trying to enjoy the curry in my yard. What's that? <laughs> what, why are you You've this ruined, you've ruined really... it. You've ruined it. No, the it. thing is, like, you've eaten it on the train, you've ruined it. <laughs> you know the stories last week people were telling about heartbreak? I wonder who broke this guy's heart, man. Man's on the train eating naan bread <laughs> during a pandemic. Like, what is that about? It's getting weird. <laughs> it's getting weird. Like, it's getting weird. It's getting weird. I but, couldn't um... believe it. I just couldn't. And just the 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 the, the audacity, the bravery, Curry. the goal. Curry. Was that a black guy, did Curry. you say? I... I think he was mixed. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, okay. Ciao. Anyway, mixed. like I just hope he's healthy and safe. <laughs> but no more carriers on the train. And <laughs> everyone was just looking at him. I would look at no well. more carriers on the train. And then also PSA: if you're gonna wear a mask, make sure it covers your damn nose. <laughs> nose. Not for just your mouth. To be honest, to be honest, and your mouth. To be honest, yeah. Like I've got to the mindset where I don't even care anymore. Like. Don't if you don't want to cover your nose, that's you inhaling the shit. You're not giving me anything. So if you don't want to cover your nose, you're good. Yeah, that's you because that's a health hazard to you, not to me, to you. So you're you're actually not even effectively wearing the mask. Essentially for you, for your safety, because you're just sniffing up people's damn whatever. So do that. But if just as long as it's covering your mouth, I'm good. But your nose, you know, you guys are just some dirty ass fuckers. There's no point for you but i'm not trying to get your dirty breath because i've seen people listen okay listen like people are just doing the most asking me to search things on my phone don't talk to me this is a pandemic don't even come near me this is a pandemic don't come next to me um but anyway and this this excludes like obviously people who don't have homes and stuff like that like i'm not doing that but i'm talking about people just feeling entitled at the bus stop coming up to me asking me not at a distance if i can tell them where x location is. listen first of all step away second of all go are you okay like can you take your headphones off? like ask politely third of all all of this shit like then ask me from a distance don't be lifting down your mask to ask me shit like two centimeters away like don't we're not doing that anyway my point is this whole news article thing. We'll see where events go. I'm intrigued. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But we'll keep reporting on obviously how the music industry is being affected by the coronavirus pandemic. But um, and also on a ra- just oh, on a random note, I really can't wait to see Snow Allegra because I recently watched her Tiny Desk, and I saw a performance of Jimmy Fallon 
last week and I was like, I need to see this girl She's live. She's amazing live. I, she is amazing. I do still I do still think all of you out there give her do the most for her. Like her album was good. It wasn't groundbreaking. But she is a great performer, a great singer, and also she's someone who really utilizes her background singers and utilizes her band in a very interesting way that elevates her material. Because she did work, which I love that song, and just the way she flipped that song, I was like, I need to see you live. I need to have a you know a, a glass of wine in hand, maybe a split beforehand, Whoop! and enjoy. Yeah, her, her live concerts are amazing. I went to her last one in um I can't remember where it Shepherd's was. Bush. Yeah, Shepherd's Bush with Alex. Yeah, great. It was amazing, amazing, and she's a great performer as well she puts on a show like a yes. full show really yes good. yes so i'd i'd love to i'd love to i'd love to see her but corona rolled me off so many i was gonna see so mariah this year for the first time i was finally gonna see my girl finally and corona said no i was we'll gonna see, see jill scott i was gonna see anita fucking baker wow corona wow you really are a nigerian <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Let's Anita pray Baker. I was gonna see Anita Baker. Big wow. <laughs> Let's pray next year that we'll be able to all see some form of show healthily, all of that with regulations in place. Um, speaking of shows, speaking of artists, let's move on to our last topic on the junket, which is the Soul Trade Awards 2020. So I'm just going to do this like we do this always. We're just going to read the nominations. We've got time. The categories are small enough in terms of how many we've got to cover. But we will just read all the eyes and who, yeah, who's nominated, of course. There's no winner as yet. So Song of the Year, uh, Beyonce Black Parade, Chloe and Halle's Do It, Chris Brown and Young Thug Go Crazy, Her featuring YG Slide, Summer Walker and Usher Come Through, and Usher again with Ellen May, Don't Waste My Time. Got a Brit in here. Um, yeah, let's see. What, um, what do you guys think of these nominations? Song of the Year. Um, once again, I said it before, I just feel like... It's just by force that we have to give Drake and Beyonce nominations at every award. Um, Black Drake. Parade. I, Did you say Drake? Yeah, Drake and oh, Beyonce, Drake and Beyonce. I get it. Just, I get it's it. It's yeah. just by force yeah, that we have to give them nominations. And obviously, we all know I'm part of the Beehive. I love my girl. But why is Black Parade here? Like, why? <laughs> like, I why thought as it? soon as I read it, I was like, "What's this? Like, what's what's going on? Like, why is hers slide here?" Um, for for me, in it of all songs I've heard this year, like really, That's it's like I, no, okay. But for me, it's not gonna win. But what should win? Is Chloe and Halle do it? Because that's actually had a song that's had an impact throughout the year. It's done very well for them. Yeah. It's been their first hit. But what I think will win, I think will win, will be will be Winter Runner and Usher come through. Really? Okay. I think that yeah, it's been a hit. And like, it's no, no, really... no, it has, it has, it has. But I, I feel like. I don't know. I just feel like the internet has responded a bit more to do it, which is cool. Like, obviously, some... chart-wise, I know chart-wise, like, Summer and Usher and stuff, but, like, yeah. Chloe do it. Like, I don't know, just more impact-wise. No, I agree. I agree with you. That's what so, so I said Chloe, Chloe Halley should win, but I I believe because of just, like, general, like, chart and the presence that Winter Runner has had in the last year, like, as a, you know, she's kind of, like, one of the, is arguably the biggest new female R&B artist we've had in a while, arguably. So it'll go, it'll go to her. I think. I think it was summer. Sorry, Winter Runner and Usher. Um, Eden thoughts Cr- on anything? Chris Brown and Young Thug are winning this one. I don't think they should <laughs> go crazy. I don't think they should, I'm dead. but they will. I'm dead. They're winning this one. I'm dead. Um, because the I Soul Trade Award. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's winning this one. Um, Chris Brown is getting that 
definitely for sure because everyone was talking about that song um, yeah. even though it was very very basic um i feel like it kind of came and went though yeah I, yeah I get i get you i get you but just by the rule of thumb of how these award shows usually work the songs that actually deserve things usually don't get it so looking mm. at everyone on that list the ones that i would say are most likely to be high contenders do it go crazy and come through that's literally it. So, and we know mm-hmm. how the system works. Chris Brown and Young Thug have won this one, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully they surprise us. Like, Do It was great. I saw everyone enjoying that as well. Um, and Come Through, I liked that song. I liked that album. Um, so we'll see what happens. Okay, interesting. Um, let's go to album of the year. Um, What's your thoughts? Glad like? to see this first. Oh, my thoughts. Um, I, Do you know what? Like, I, as I said, I just think I won't do it to win. But like, who do I think will win? I think Do It actually stand a good chance. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the Soul Train Awards and like how they do things. Like I'm just trying to think, do they pander? Sometimes they pander. They do pander sure. sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But I think they've got the balance of both. Like sometimes they pander, sometimes it's like authentic who wins. So like if, yeah, like I think it's Chloe and Halle or... Um, or Summer and Usher. Oh I wait, I just to... I just realized before we go on, Chloe and Halle have the backing of Beyonce and Parkwood. They might win actually. <laughs> I've I've been I... no no no. That's a good point. I was shocked to see Usher and LMA in this category. I don't think they they have a chance here. No, but, they don't. Um, Love the song though. In terms, yeah, in terms of um the contenders, Chloe and Halle and Summer Walker, I think that's an accurate assessment. Um, for sure in this category. Um. I will go to album of the year, which I think I'm happy about this first contender being nominated, like dope. So Brandy B7, which I really enjoyed, still enjoy. Chloe and A grower. Halle. A definition of a grower. Yeah. Chloe and Halle, Ungodly Hour. Um, Chris Brown and Young Thug back again with Slime and B. Janae Aiko, um, Chil- is it Chilombo? Uh, I think so. Um, Summer Walker over it. And then The Weekends After Hours. Interesting, interesting nominations. Um, what do you guys think about this one? The Weekend shouldn't be here. This is the Soul Train Awards. I'll just start with that. Yeah, um, that's why I was like, it's interesting. And like, But you know, he's, bl- he's black, so that's why. Um, so, so, yeah. Um, I don't know why Chris Brown and Young Thug are being made a thing. Like, I don't know why, like, it was the BT Hip Awards. And now this, like, why are we trying to act like they were a thing? Like, like I know, yes, they actually made an, an album or a mixtape, but why are we trying to act like it, it really had that engagement? It didn't. Like, why are we trying to act? But it's because it's Chris Brown. That's why. So Yeah, it's the Chris Brown effect, you know, on the award shows. So, for me, my favourite of these albums is Ungodly Hour. This is probably one of my favourite albums of the year. I, th- I think it's a great album. Um, such growth, such progression from their last album. I think they have such a unique artistry already. And why I said this before, Chloe and Halle already have their own sound. Two albums in, they already have a sound that's distinctly theirs. Like, even the way they, even like, even the, even vocally, they have their own isms as vocalists now. Like, they're just super, super creative and such great writers, producers, instrumentalists. And they also have the songs which really veered into the, you know, the common R&B fan, the common hip hop fan. I do it. Songs like that. Yeah. Great. Um, so I would love them. I would love them to win it. But I do mm. believe this will also go to Winter Runner. Do you know what? Like, I actually feel like they could lean into the... I'm, let's be on brand here. The Respecting Legends bag and maybe give it to Brandy. I think she does stand a chance. Like, it, it might not be the biggest of chances, but I think she definitely stands a chance in winning. 
um, just because of the the rollout. I think she really won the industry over with the rollout. So and I believe she's performing at the ceremony as well. I think she's performing. Yeah. So if they want to go to the giving a legend kind of, not a legendary award, but kind of being like, you know what, Brandy, like we're glad to see you in the industry this year. Do you know what I mean? Then she'll get it. Um, if not, then I do think like the other category I do, I am angling it towards a Chloe and Hallie or Summer Walker win here. Um, I don't see the weekend winning. I think, as you said, Shopper, he was just there. Actually, he might, you know, he might. I I don't, I think that would cause a scandal in the Soul (laughs) Trade Awards bag. Like, I think the black community knows that this is a pop album. The weekend knows this is a pop album. The awarding bodies why is he nominated? don't know where to place him because he, he won the VMA R&B award. Like that's why he was nominated because they've decided as an industry, the white have just, the whites have decided he is part, um, he's R&B and the blacks have just followed suit, you know, and let's not forget that, you know, BET is a part of Viacom, which also MTV operates on. So that relationship is very cyclical. Um, So in terms of this, that's why he's here. If he wins, there will be a scandal. Undoubtedly, there'll be more um, opinion opinion pieces like mine for paper and stuff. There will be more. Um, it will be a bigger scandal because of the context of this being the Soul Train Awards, if he wins, in my opinion, um, especially album of the year. Uh, but I see B7, Chloe and Hat. B7 by Brandy, Chloe and Halley's Ungodly Hour or Summer Walker's Over It winning in this category. I don't see, unfortunately, Janae Iko or Chris Brown and Young Thug um, and The Weeknd scoring this one for me. Um, Eden, any thoughts on who you think will lead this category? Um, I'll say who I want to win. I want Brandy to win. Um, but who I think will win is The Weeknd. I know you said it will create controversy and I know you said people will react negatively. But that I, I just don't trust awards anymore if I'm being completely honest I don't trust <laughs> I don't trust their quality yeah, control I don't trust uh, their attention to detail or I trust more into in the agenda and I'm aware of the agenda so when it comes to the weekend R&B away man do your thing okay um video of the year let's move on so Beyonce Blue Ivy St. John and Wizkid Brown Skin Girl love that video though um Chloe and Hallie do it Chris Brown go crazy featuring Young Doug her slide featuring YG Lizzo good as hell um skip Marley and her slow down so we got why is Lizzo in this category like first of all Lizzo is Lizzo once again you're not (laughs) But secondly, that song is so 2019. That song is so... It's not been in the conversation this year. Like, it's it's very much not in this award season. I don't know why Liz is still being nominated for awards in 2020. Like, no. But um, I actually think... I actually think Chloe Halley could win this one. I actually think, you know... Because in terms of video, like, that was a great video. Great video. Brown Skin Girl 2 was an amazing video. But in terms of impact... Brown Skin Girl was, you know, was part of the wider Blackest King project. But as in terms of individual videos, um, it's not seen as such. But so I, I actually think Chloe and Hallie could win this. But then they might just be generic and give it to Chris Brown again. I feel like um, it's between Beyonce and Chloe and Hallie, to be honest with you. I do think it's... Beyonce, really? Yeah, I do think it's... Is it because of her? Because it's Beyonce or because 
You think they actually? I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. Like Brown Skin Girl just touched a lot of black women yeah. in a way that was moving um, for outside of the film. I think it really created a little bit of a moment, not an extended moment, but a moment um, despite that. Yeah. So I think that it's. Between, you see my point it's though. Between the, it's between them. Yeah, it's between them. I think it's between them two. I think BET saw that as well, saw the impact, and that's why it's here. I think, you know, uh, Do It does stand a chance, though, 110%. Like, the visual moment was bigger than... And shout um, out to them, the you know. We, they've been nominated in every award so far. Okay, they that, so they really are breaking through then. Yeah. Come on. Yes, this my... was the territory for them to win in in this era, for sure. Next era will take them, hopefully, to different stratospheres as well. Um. Eden, like, what do you think? Who do you think's got this? I haven't seen any of these videos in depth. I've seen clips. I think I've seen Do It, actually. Um, but Brown Skin Girl, I saw way more people talking about the video. Um, so I do think the video was more successful in helping marketing the music. Um, so I'm interested to see who wins this one. I do think Brown Skin Girl should win it. Um, but we'll yeah. see what happens. I never thought I never thought Eden would say that. Wow. It's, it's agendas, that's why. But wow. Do It by Chloe and Halley is a good video um, and mm. um, deserves it as well. Like when it came out, everyone was talking about that video. Um, but yeah, Beyonce. Yeah. It was truly a moment this year, Do It. It was truly a moment. Be- it needs to be discussed it's a good, more. It's a good quarantine video as well, like for the circuit. Yeah, no, that's actually like, something else. Today. That's actually something else we should take into consideration. They actually socially distance in that video. Um, but in a they very, did. very creative type of way, they used angles to kind of hide the distance between dancers and everything. So it was a very, and to be honest, like just generally their performances at home and um, ah. on award shows and everything have been incredible. So they definitely yeah, deserve they it. Yeah, they visually killed it. Chloe they and Halle have it. had an amazing year. Yeah. Like yeah. in spite of Corona, they have managed to promote and still mm. promote this album. Yeah. Because yeah. what I've loved is, and we don't see this often, is that a lot of artists will promote the album the week it comes out and that's it. They yeah. Months later, they're still performing. And yeah. what I love, they're doing what Beyonce did with Lemonade where they're using each award show and each television show to debut a new song. Yeah. So they're not just yeah. performing, they're not performing Do It Everywhere. They yeah. performed Tipsy in places, Baby Boy in certain places, Forgive Me in certain places, On Godly Hour at the VMAs. Yeah. I love that. I love that. They really have sold the album. Mm. Mm. Shout out to them, Master. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting to see where these girls go. And I I'm think so excited every, for them. Everyone's, I th- yeah, I think everyone's getting really excited about this era. But like, then it's the next era for me. Like that's that's where we're gonna really see them ascend. This was a foundational era for them. But next era will really, hopefully, with the Disney moment and stuff, if that still happens, um, will take them to a new moment in their career hopefully and of course Gronish is still there done, yeah whatever they've done <laughs> I great, mean um, whatever in indeed but it's successful so that's it is successful there. it is it is it is and it's a part of their it's a part of their trajectory and stuff yeah. but musically they've really distanced themselves from the show which is great to see <laughs> um i'll never well. forget i was saying to nick oh i haven't started season three yet and nick was like don't and i actually didn't yeah. <laughs> like you don't need I just, to. I actually just didn't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't yeah. watch it. I was like, okay, I won't watch it then. There's no need, um, no need at all. But I'm, um, I'm happy for them. Uh, despite like, do it not be my favorite song. Like, I'm still happy with what it did this year. Like, and like, I see why it's a success. If that makes sense. But um, best R&B soul female artist. Um, so. 
we've got someone who I just don't really care for anymore. Like, still great, but don't really care for her anymore. Like, Alicia Keys, sorry. Um, then we've got Beyonce, Brandy, her, Janae Aiko, Summer Walker. Very predictable category, actually. Um, it's predictable, but it actually is also emblematic of... In terms of in terms of her and Summer Walker, it's emblematic of who's actually is popping. Yeah. In yes. R&B. No. 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 One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And even Janae, like this year, she managed to have some success in R and B. Like she still was doing her thing. So Janae like, has had her biggest know. album, and it's her worst album, and it confuses me. This is the this has been her most successful album. It's her highest yeah. charting album. It mm. had her biggest first week sales, I believe, and that's yeah, and BS was a hit for her, even yeah. though. It's her worst album, which I don't. I hate the industry sometimes. So like, so when sold out <laughs> happened, you were quiet. But okay, um. yeah. So <laughs> it's interesting, you know. J. I. Janeiko is extending a trajectory that I personally didn't see for her to still have. Like, but she is still here, and she's breaking through. And like, you know, I'm never going to deny that she has great music. Like, she's had great music before, but um. This album, I just didn't Mm-mm. hit for me. Mm-mm. It just didn't hit for Mm-mm. me. But again, she's in this category. It's great. It's great to see her so highly nominated just because of how important she's been in the R&B canon, like yeah. Chope always talk about. And um, Eden as well. Like, we've all enjoyed her music at some point. So um, it's good to see Janae here. And it's but, good to see Brandy here for yes, the campaign yes, points that we just yes, mentioned. Yes. Like, for her to have a real big rollout, you know, E.T. moments, at-home performance moments mm-hmm. where she killed mm-hmm. it. Um video features interview features like she's just been everywhere performing so. at the billboard awards bt hip awards the rollout has been amazing yeah so brandy on an independent tip as well yes. so like yeah brandy yes. is brandy is still here <laughs> borderline just went top artist. 10 on urban ac she's so. killing it do you know what i mean like brandy is so, here to stay i'm so, so happy for her we, but we her are, I'm, or so am i Walker, it's a beautiful era but her or winter runner is winning this award uh, yeah, like her is in terms of like the face of R&B, like people like there's an inside of the industry that likes to pit her as the face of R&B. And then there's a side that likes to pit um, a Summer Walker and Scissor as the face of R&B right now. So like it's it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm very <laughs> intrigued to see. Interesting that Tiana Taylor's not here. Um, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> not surprised Kalani you know interesting but like yeah, not surprised the thing with Tiana is it's interesting I feel like she she should be here she should be here but she's not doing the work to get there <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like and I feel like her name carries more weight than her music the name carries something the idea mm. of her carries something, but her music doesn't even though her music is actually quite good and this album was her music is good like her music is 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 good like when it's good obviously the length of this last album is a is a problem but in terms of some of the there's there's gems on there's gems for sure but there's just always something going wrong there's just something that they're not it's the management it's the management and it's the it's the really orchestrated eras like there's not enough orchestration in her formula no no that's what's letting her down that's what's letting her down Uh, every album it just feels like Ah, <laughs> like chaos. Ca- yeah, literally, <laughs> literally chaos. Yeah, so, controlled chaos. Not even controlled chaos. Chaos. I just, was to just, just like she needs new management. She needs to leave good music. She needs needs to leave Jeff Jam at this point. I feel like just, I think just needs to close house, start fresh, mm. new team, new label, yeah. new management. 
everything. And I feel like that would do, I feel like that news would excite people. Like that news, if she, she did that, like, I don't think it would harm her career if she like put the blankets, uh, put a clear like slate for herself and just started again. I think it would be dope to kind of mm. see her do that. But, you know, it's cool. Who do you think's got this? Well, you said her and Winter. Who does Eden think? Um, who, yeah, who do you think's got this? Uh, so it was Alicia Keys, Beyonce, Brandy, her, Janae, and Summer. Just to recap. Uh, it's really like a shot in the dark with this one, really. Because there's arguments for why her should have it, why um, Summer Walker should have it. Alicia Keys, I don't understand what she's doing. Um her career has just been very interesting and I know I know she's tried to sure. she's tried to rebrand her look with that whole Nicki Minaj-esque um fringe that she came back with oh that didn't last long she got dragged and she went back she went back to her brain yeah <laughs> and then the whole um, makeup campaign where she removed uh, makeup and everything no makeup um, yeah I don't know this is hard I would say if I was to guess I would say her just because she's more industry whereas Summer Walker is someone um who people put put as the faces r&b but they always go back to her in the end anyway so i do think her will be the one selected for this one but i wouldn't be surprised if the likes of beyonce got it uh, i really hope she doesn't though <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't either but it's interesting like if, it, um, if, if it's not gonna be her or summer give it give it to Janae or brandy Janae does not, not gonna deserve be... it at all no, give but, it to Brandy. No, give I, it to Brandy. I would like, no, but I love Janae in general. So, like, let me just give Janae an award. Let's just give Janae some some. some no, not in this category. I just think there's people more worthy no, than her. In in this year, it. yes. But I mean, like that's what I'm saying. If it's not going to be her or Summer Walker, because even though I'm not a fan of Summer Walker, sorry, Winter Runner. Even though I'm not a fan of Winter Runner. I can appreciate and I can see that she's doing very well. You can see the case. I can see you the can case see the for case. why she should win. But some, yeah. that's my point. So, if it's not going to be her or Winter Runner. Give it to Jenny. Or Brandy. Or Brandy, yeah. Brandy for sure. But like, Alicia and Beyonce, no. Deserving. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, best R&B soul male artist. Um, this was a very interesting selection. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. I'm the fact that Lucky okay. Day isn't here. But, yeah, okay. he deserved to be there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Galant, um, but okay. okay. I'm surprised PJ Morton's yeah, in good luck. Sorry, go on. Well, <laughs> G- Galant, Chope, Galant caught dust. Let's be real. The industry did not pay any attention. Um, it's true yes it's true let me read these out and then we can dissect a little more um yeah like I'm okay like okay this is really interesting um okay Anderson Pack, um Charlie Wilson Chris Brown PJ Morton The Weeknd and Usher really interesting choices here um personally don't really care about this this uh, you know I'm really ready to move on. It's not representative like, of what's actually not. happening in male R and B. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready like, to move on. PJ Morton, <laughs> PJ Morton is, but everyone else. I'm... No, yes, he is, and I'm actually, surprised, yeah, 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 I'm actually for surprised sure. He's for sure. in this list. Same. I'm actually yeah, surprised, surprised because very... Charles Alex Reeds. He, I've heard that name for many, many years. Yeah, I've only just started getting to him this year, and he is a fantastic singer writer producer musician he actually <laughs> dropped a gospel album a few months ago which is amazing um yeah. so he's i'm happy the week um the weekend pj is in here yeah. charlie wilson respecting legends and all but he haven't released music in three years um i know he dropped a single a few weeks ago but he haven't dropped an album in like three it's years. getting weird so it's getting i feel weird. like they just threw charlie in because 
But we love Charlie Wilson, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Um, Alison Pack, um, we haven't dropped an album recently, so I don't know why we're in here, but mm. I do I do love him. But where's Lucky Day? Where's Galant? Where's Ro James? Where's Lu- where's Luke James? Luke James dropped an amazing album this year, and he has the visibility for the Soul Train Awards. He has yeah. enough followers and clout, you know, with Star and the Shy. Luke James should be in here. Who yeah. else? Um Xavier Omar, like there are there are so many R and B males right now. Pink sweats, yes, pink sweats. Like this list is this is a it's Lavon Kelly, even Carly. even though weird. I don't like it. Yeah, music. yeah, literally, and he had success. Brent Fires, exactly. Where's Sir? Oh, Sir, it's getting. It's, do you know what? Can we just move on? I'm tired. Like I don't even want this. That is a great like, question. This this, this, oh, this category is a mess. Chris Brown should not it's be not, there. I don't starters. even care. Chris Brown should not be there personally. I don't care who wins this. It's fine. Yeah. Because the weekend's winning this. Not, the weekend's going to win. They have not done their due diligence, you know, at all. The weekend's going to win. Knows he's pop. Well, but the thing is, the week, the weekend has angled himself as pop for years now. Like, I just don't he's understand <laughs> this notion. Like, but even the Soul Train, like, you know, he ain't your friend. Well, he, he's your friend, but he ain't your homie like that. Like, you know, like, stop. Well, stop I, forcing I it. I actually think stop that forcing PJ Morton's going to win this one. Because I'm just interested in the place. I hope. What is this? Is this a re- like they've no, got all of no, these but mainstream? Should be here though. Yeah, I know. I agree. I do agree. But they've the way they've placed this. They got all of these mainstream, out of touch artists that they're putting in, and then there's PJ Morton. So I'm just interested just to see if they, he's there for a reason. Like, are they just trying to show that they might be a bit cultured, even though that their list doesn't but, really no, make but sense? I'm sorry. How is Lucky Day and Sir not in this list? Yep. I'm, so- I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. to me. So it's getting weird. It's weird. It's weird. Like, Lucky Day is weird. It is odd. It is odd. Grammy nominations. It is weird to me. Come on. Um, it's weird. <laughs> like, literally, that's 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 it for this one. I'm I'm swiftly moving on because it's just it's just disappointing. I don't think we need to um, do the next best, one because it's just pointless. Yeah, best collaboration. Let's just yeah. let's just go. Let's best new artist, which is interesting. I'm enjoying some of these names, but some of these names have been in the industry for a while, so don't know what's really going on. But um, Snow Allegra. Listen. <laughs> so we've got the amazing Givey on first, okay? Leighton Green, who I've heard great things. Lona, I'm loving because I heard earlier this year the great project. Saint John, um, <laughs> is he new? You know, breakthrough maybe, but you know, not new. But um, Snow Leg, Snow Allegra, obviously here. Don't know why. Victoria Monet. Um, Victoria Monet, been here. For years, but I get the individual. But she's released multiple takes. But I get the the level of mate. I get it. I get it. But I don't get it. You know, it's like a uh, okay, like uh, right. Okay, she's been releasing music since 2015. Yeah. Okay. Who do you think's got this? Give on. Give on. I hope he. Does. No, you know what? Snow Allegra's got this. Why? Snow Allegra has this. Just knowing the industry again, Snow Allegra. Speaking yeah. to some execs in the US, though, I know that there's a big push coming for Alona. Um, I know that there's a lot of momentum and conversation. I know he probably won't win this, no, won't. but there's a lot of, there's a, just as listeners, there's something to be said about Lona. Just watch out because, yeah, there's a lot of movement with his name and how he's being strategically positioned in next year. So just watch out. But um, I definitely think Giveon is his to win, really. Uh, if they have taste, it's Givian, you know. So we are going to go to a really interesting um, 
award. A really interesting one. BET always does it. They get weird, you know. And this is where we've just got really crazy. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. But I'm going to read this award and you guys can join the madness. So this is called... (laughs) The Rhythm and Bars Awards. Um, first nomination is Cardi B featuring Megan Sally and WAP. The Baby featuring Body Rich Rockstar. DJ Khaled featuring Drake Popstar. So we've got two stars in the building. Drake featuring Little Dirk Laugh Now Cry Later. Megan the Stallion Savage. And Body Rich The Box. So. It's getting weird, guys. Let's have a conversation. Why is this award here? Why? It's just an a waste of award, a waste of airtime. This could have like, been on the hip-hop is... awards, you know? It's so annoying because the Soul Train Awards is actually probably the only award show that I care for. Because one, it's actually an entertaining show. Like, the actual show is actually good. Because, like, it'll be good performances, yeah. good performers great music and also on the on the actual awards like we said they panned a little bit but they also understand what's really happening in in black music at the time but this just is just like it's just stupidity it's just dumb Uh, why we why is there a rap category at the soul train awards i wouldn't be surprised if this is what people mean when they say r&b like this is what they're talking about this is why people that aren't r&b acts get called r&b they're talking about rhythm and bars they're not talking about it's disrespectful that's that then yeah so it's a waste of time when i saw it i was just like well why is drake and dj khaled there why is why is the baby yep why is drake there twice i don't understand but it's just weird it is what it is i guess yeah these award shows are getting ridiculous and it's a waste of time yeah i'm gonna move to the last category just because that was really pathetic but the um ashford and simpson um songwriters awards so black parade i'm not going to read all the writers or we'll be here till six so um black parade is nominated do it is nominated go crazy is nominated as well but people love this song you know i can't breathe um i can't breathe i can't breathe playing games sorry there we go playing games uh sorry it just it looked like um, her had written a summer walk walker song. How this particular publication had um, done there, but yeah, you're looking at Billboard. No, I'm at ET and same. Uh, yeah, ET. But um, I can't breathe. Written by her, playing games. Uh, written by a whole load of writers. I'm not even going to get into that. Um, and then we've got Slide as well. Why is Slide here? Yeah. Like, so that song. That song. It's interesting. Did slides do things? Did slides have impact? I don't know. So let me know what you guys think about this. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? Who do you think? Um, I'm going to give it to... Yep, Wing I agree Toronto with Or Chris Brown. Do you know what? That might be an accurate shout. That might be an accurate shout. Yeah, that might be. I and I don't understand why. If I'm being honest, it just seems like this song is something that everyone wants to talk about, but it's not even that good. Like I was playing it. I won't lie to you. I was playing it, but it's not. It's not anything that Chris Brown hasn't done before. So 100. percent It's not anything to write home about. Like it's the type of song you expect from Chris Brown. Like it's basically the 2020 version of um, Show Me, and he's just replaced Kid Ink with all of these different rappers now. So yeah, I'm not interested. Here's what it is. 
Yep. It is what it is. What it is. Literally. Um, okay. That's it. That is the end of the news section, guys. <laughs> cool. So it has been an episode of traumas, um, an episode of beefs, and also questions when it comes to award shows. Um, but thank you guys for listening and thank you for your time. As always, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and follow us on any po- on any podcast platform that you're listening to us on. We are yes. done like the stands, so that's D A T S P O D. Also, celebration! We reached a thousand followers on Twitter. We did. That was one of our goals for the season as well. Just want to say thank you for everyone who followed and is supporting us. Um, and guys, thank you very much. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Peace.